This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Real America's Voice, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do the news. Slick Rick Scott Sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Glad you're in. Good to see everybody in the getter chat. Already fired up in there as well. Lots to get to tonight on a busy night. Crazy town coming up. Is this English coming up? WTF of the day coming up. Lots to get to. Clips galore today. Because we had three outstanding standout moments today in a hearing that, um, while we learned some things today and we reaffirmed some things today, and uh, we reaffirmed that Merrick Garland is without a doubt the most dangerous, lawless, partisan hack we've ever had as Attorney General or maybe ever had in government. Uh, We've also learned today that the FBI is only as good as the daylight hours will let them be. That's what we learned today. The FBI is only as good as the daylight hours will let them be. And if you're a conservative, if you're a Christian, if you're a parent who's interested in your kids, who's interested in what they're learning at school, who's not interested in CRT, If you're pro-life, if you're any one of those things today, today reaffirms that you have problems in this country right now because you're being targeted. Yeah, you're an enemy of the state by them. That's correct. You're being targeted under this DOJ. And they're, they're cowards to sit there because they won't answer questions. Um. And they, they, they sit there and they, they put their chin down and they, and they look up at these questions and then they go in with their nonsense of whatever it is and they don't answer the actual question being asked. And um, listening to Garland today puts Christopher Ray's interview on Fox yesterday with Brett Baer even to in more of the spotlight. Christopher Ray has to sit in front of Congress. I don't care if it's even in a public setting. It can be in a confidential setting as far as I'm concerned, but the Congress who has oversight has to get some damn answers from him on what the hell is going on. And they cannot accept, well, as you know, you're familiar with, I really can't speak about, I can't get into this, all this garbage that he continues to give and he gave to Brett Baer yesterday because what Merrick Garland went over today and some of the questions that are outstanding of what's going on in this country with a two-tier justice system, which Cash Patel, when he was at the America's First Warehouse, when we were talking about Hunter Biden, he said, you know, it's not even as, about, as much about Hunter or Joe Biden as it is about the two-tiered justice system. That's where it starts. Well, today was a big spotlight on that and why he might be correct. Because what we heard today was just outrageous 
If, if you're a January 6th trespasser, jaywalker, they'll hunt you down using whatever technologies at any time of the day. It doesn't matter if it's daylight or it's now, the moon's out, the sun's out, all this nonsense we heard today. They'll find you. But if you threaten a Supreme Court justice at their home or you do something like that, well, you know, we're only as good as the day will allow because some people do things in the dark. This is the excuse we heard today. <laughs> More than one time. That was the excuse. Are you from serious? From the Attorney General. Yeah, that's correct. I thought, I thought you were joking. No, I'm not. Oh, my Lord. I'm not. Let's just jump right into it. I want to start with Cruz, G. Cut three. Roll that. As you know, as I observed at your confirmation hearing, you had built a long record on the Federal Court of Appeals and a reputation of being relatively nonpartisan. And so I had hopes that your tenure as attorney general would continue that record. What the hell with that? I have to say I'm deeply disappointed in what the last two years have shown. In my judgment, the Department of Justice has been politicized to the greatest extent I've ever seen in this country. And it has done a discredit to the Department of Justice, to the FBI, and to the administration of law in this country. Let me start with a simple question. General Garland, is it a federal crime to protest outside of a judge's home with the intent of influencing that judge as to a pending case? Uh, the answer to that is yes, but I also want to at least respond to your characterization of the department, which sure. I vigorously disagree with. I believe the men and women of the department pursue their work every single day in a nonpartisan and an appropriate General way. Garland, there are thousands of men and women who do that. And I'll tell you, I hear from prosecutors at the Department of Justice. I hear from agents at the FBI who are angry that it is treated as the enforcement arm for the DNC instead of upholding the law in a fair and even-handed manner. So you are right. There are thousands of men and women that are, that are doing the job, but it is the political leadership that you're responsible for. So you just said, yes, it's a crime to protest at the home of a judge. Same goes for jurors, by the way, with the intent of influencing a case. But in the wake of the leak of the Dobbs decision, when rioters descended at the homes of six Supreme Court justices, night after night after night, you did nothing. The department did nothing. When extremist groups like Ruth Senas and Jane's Revenge openly organized campaigns of harassment at the homes of justices, you sat on your hands. When these same groups posted online information about where the justices worship or their home addresses or where their kids went to school, you again sat on your hands and did nothing. Your failure to act to protect the safety of the justices and their families was an obvious product of political bias. You agree with Roe versus Wade. You disagree with the Dobbs decision. And the Department of Justice under this president was perfectly happy to refuse to enforce the law and allow threats of violence. And as you know, those threats finally materialized with Nicholas Roski, a 26-year-old man from California who traveled across the country, was arrested outside the home of Justice Kavanaugh, armed with a handgun, a knife, and burglary tools. And he said he came there to kill Justice Kavanaugh because he was enraged by the leaked opinion. Now, of course, you're prosecuting that individual for attempted murder. But did you bring even a single case 
to enforce this law or to the Department of Justice to decide this law doesn't apply if it's harassing justices for an opinion we don't like? When the Dobbs uh, draft was leaked, I did something no attorney general in the history of the department had ever done before. For the first time in history, I ordered United States Marshals 24-7 to defend every uh, residence of every justice. Well, Garland, as a judge, you're familiar with asking counsel I'm to answer an a question. I am answering. Has the Department of Justice enforced this statute? Have you brought a single case against any of these protesters threatening the judgment justices under 18 U.S.C. Section 1507? Have you brought even one? Senator, you asked me whether I sat on my hands, and quite the opposite. I sent okay, 70 United States Marshals. Let me try again. To and let Have me you, has the Department <laughs> of Justice brought even a single case under this statute? It's a yes-no question. It's not a give yeah, a speech on the other things you did. The job of the United States Marshals is to defend the lives. <laughs> so the, of the answer is no. It's to defend the lives of the justices, and that's their number one priority. They have. Why are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. And what we have done there is defended go. to the lives of that's the justices. So how do you decide? US Marshals. How do you decide which criminal statutes the the DOJ enforces and which one it doesn't? The United States Marshals know that they have full I recognize you want to give a separate speech. So first of all, first of all, you see how slimy this guy is. Yeah. Won't answer the questions until Cruz has to go nuclear on him to just basically, you know, to get him to say no. As far as I know, we have. I love when they say as far as I know. Is there somebody ahead of you? Higher than you? I don't think so. Right. Or, or is this like the uh, the water boys uh, handling this part of the uh, the project where it's so below you? I mean, what this is the stonewalling is endless. And, I, you know, really, I think what we all love about this is that we see these authoritarian bullies like Garland who just push people around at all times, finally getting a touch of comeuppance and they get away with it. Anyhow, it's it's never enough. Right. Don't you always find yourself. Like, don't you always find yourself watching this just wishing they would go even twice as far nuclear because these these animals just do whatever they want, whatever they want, and they, they're accountable to no one. He takes a little heat, and he just walks away in the sun and cashes his check. And, and you see what he's starting to do here. Number one, the idea of saying, I did something that no one else did. I sent all, that, That's like saying in the summer of 2020 riots, oh, I sent all these guys to protect the courthouse as they were throwing uh, firebombs to try to burn it down. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. That's peaceful. Like, what is that? What do you want to like, like a star for doing that? They still were attacking the... Not they were that, still in violation of federal law. Not only that, that's your job. So it's part of your job. So, you know, there's that. It's not like you went beyond the call of duty and you came up with something special. That's kind of encompassed in your job, bro. And you hear what he's starting to do right here. As he gets direct questions about which law you... And he, say, he starts to say, well, the people on the ground, the, the, he, he's basically blaming the federal marshals. Well, they're, they're, the ones on the ground have the right to decide when... No, they don't. <laughs> they don't decide prosecutorial who's going to get charged and who doesn't. The guys on the ground? <laughs> he's throwing the U.S. marshals here basically under the bus. Yeah. Continue with it, Jay. Go ahead. How do you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? But marshals on scene make that determination in light of Since the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you. The attorney general make a determination. Exactly. And you spent 20 years as a judge, and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives 
and you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer <laughs> the question. I am answering your there question. You the how Attorney did you General choose, does not decide whether to arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. <laughs> if they make a, uh, if they make Marshals an, do not if, have prosecution. If they authority. make an arrest, right, then it goes to the marshals. Let's change topics because our, our time is limited. We've also seen across the country violent attacks at crisis pregnancy centers by similar left-wing terrorist groups, including one, one graffiti of a, of a firebomb building said, Jane was here. There have been attacks all over the country. And yet, the Department of Justice has not brought these violent criminals to justice. You contrast that. If you're a violent criminal and you attack a crisis pregnancy center, that is not a priority in the Biden Department of Justice. Contrast that to Mark Houck, who's a pro-life activist. He's a sidewalk counselor. And he had an altercation with someone who allegedly interf interfered with his son's personal space and threatened his son, and he pushed him. Now, in an ordinary world, pushing someone would be maybe a sim simple misdemeanor assault but not under the Biden Department of Justice. If you're a pro-life activist, what can you expect? Well, in this instance, according to Mr. Houck's wife, two dozen agents clad in body armor and ballistic helmets and shields and a battering ram showed up at his house pointing rifles at his family. Why do you send two dozen agents in body armor to arrest a sidewalk counselor who happens to be pro-life, but you don't devote resources to, count pe to, to prosecute people who are violently firebombing crisis pregnancy? It is a priority. We know the answer to that. That's a great job by Cruz. That's as wow. good as it gets. A couple others are almost as good, but that's a, that is as good as it gets. All right, live from Studio 6B, just getting started. A lot of that tonight. We're back right after this. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. I want to say hi to everybody in the ghetto chat as I'm uh, talking here during the commercial break with people. Uh, some good comments. Everybody likes Cruz. Someone said, I wish Cruz was like that all the time. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think he pretty much is. I mean, sometimes it doesn't call for that, but you can't get more solid than, than Cruz is on, on most things. So you, you should see him around his house es yelling es at his wife. Especially when, it, <laughs> especially when it comes to um, these kind of things with these reprobates from um, the deep state. Who sit there and just you know just nonsense? Well, uh, but, but, but that's not what I asked you. Well, you know, well, uh, and, and I love the fact that he keeps he he kept going to marshals, the marshals, the mar the marshals were never in the question. So the fact that he keeps interjecting something that wasn't part of the question, because if you look at if you listen back to it and you watch it back, he says, "What did you? How did you determine?" He keeps pointing to him, and of course, like you said, the deflection, well, you know, the marshals, we're not talking about the marshals. Again, this is what they do all the time, and it's infuriating. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, you know, he really, he really, really embarrassed the hell out of the guy. He did it all day, he did it all day long. He did it with Cruz, he did it with Holly, he did it with Lee, which all three of those clips I have. And especially when they all talked about Mark Hawk, which we've, Hawk, which we've talked about. 
on this show, and just, it's just a thuggish behavior by the Department of Justice after the local Philly uh, judge said, uh, you throw this out. What, are you kidding me with this? No, the Department of Justice showed up. He did it all day when asked about that from all three of them. Try to blame. He says, well, the FBI doesn't. You know, he's trying to, he's trying to put it on the other department that's not even here and represented in the hearing. Well, the FBI doesn't agree with your uh, your assessment. Well, they're not here, so I'm asking you. You're the attorney general. Uh, we have the pictures of the guys standing here in their living room. You're telling me, okay, it's not two dozen. What Should we count? How many do you see? How many are needed to a guy who said he'd give himself up? He would have turned himself in. So how many guys do you need for someone like that? Right? They yeah. did it to Navarro. They do it to James O'Keefe. They do it to anybody who doesn't. You know, you know, who defies the narratives, you know, it's, you know, it's nonstop, you know, it's, it, they've weaponized it to such a level, it, it's almost normal now. You know, you know what's great, though, about this? I'm glad that he kept mentioning the marshals, because I'm sure now we're going to have some marshals, maybe some whistleblowers come out and be like, hey, this is what we were told. You want to see it in writing? I saved the uh, memo. That would be, that would be wonderful, to drag yeah. his, his old, decrepit, um, politicized, rear end back to uh back to the hill there and then show them hey by the way the people that you were talking about this is what they had to say do you want to call them liars right you threw us under the bus right yes, right all right let's do uh we'll do some more of this i got a bunch of stuff to show you uh we got great stuff tonight uh but let's do some sports and here with sports is slick rick rick Amirati. sports is brought to you by our friend mike lindell and my pillow mypillow.com slash lfs6b What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, we're going to cruise down to the center of the state. We got a big rodeo hoedown in Houston. Just kicked off last night. Houston, Texas, NRG Stadium, which for the Houston Texans stands for not really good. But we got a good rodeo <laughs> going on, Big D. Here we go. Super Series 1, all the first round. I think that's pick- your name. What's that? That's your name. Oh. Yeah, that's my name. Okay. Yeah. All right. Of course. Hey, Rodeo Houston, Super Series 1, 3,000 for each of the winners, except when we get to the bull riding, they get 5,200 for their riding Bulls. Here we go. Bareback riding first round. Clayton Bigelow, 88 points on Calgary Stampedes. Blasting sand. Well, I guess it's better than pounding sand, right? Uh, steer wrestling first round. Jacob Talley, 5.5 seconds. Team roping Clay Smith and Jake Long, 4.7 seconds. Saddle Bronc. Brody Crest, 86 and a half points on Calgary Stampedes. Arbitrator Joe. Tie down. Lane Livingston, 9.7 seconds. Bow racing. Jordan Briggs, 14.93. Good score. And Bull Riding, here he is. Stetson Wright, Big D, 81 points. Low score on Survey, Cha- Survey Championship Rodeos. Hard knocks, picked up 52-50. This rodeo goes on, uh, this goes right through, uh, let's see, March 19th. So we got like about three weeks of this, Big D. $1,951,000 total payout. I think Stetson Wright is going to go home with probably about, yeah, you know, $3 million from this one. Is Big that um, is that shirt something you would wear to like a disco night? Like, an, uh, is that <laughs> somebody said <laughs> it's from the right? I, I'm wearing this show, this shirt from the wedding singer? <laughs> oh, that's what's that called? Like a ruffle down the that's the, a ruffle, yes. Okay, it's nice. Yes. Is that very a tuxedo nice. shirt? Very 70s, yeah. Tuxedo, shirt. oh, it is, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very 70s. 70s. Yeah. I like Which, the does it have puffy sleeves if you take the jacket off. No, 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 straight. no, I'm straight, straight sleeves, Paul. When I very slick. Yeah. Appropriate the name. It's something you don't normally see, but I like to rock with it. So that's how I roll. You rock it. You rock it, kid. Hey, speaking of rocking and listening to this story, we got rare Jordan Dynasty 6 sneakers to hit the market. Could fetch as much as $100. 
million dollars. You you talk about an ultimate sports memorabilia. Me and Paul are going to be in the bidding. I bet. the bidding at $7. (laughs) Yeah, good luck. 701. Listen, boys, this is from griot.com, the griot staff. Michael Jordan has signed the sneakers for sale with one one from 1993 carrying the words, our last bleeping game in addition to his signature. The six pairs of shoes that, that make up the rare Michael Jordan Dynasty collection are hitting the market and could sell for up to $100 million. CBS News reports that Sotheby's will auction off the priceless collection of individual sneakers worn by the NBA icon Ed Jordan 6, 7, 8, 9, uh, 12, and Ed Jordan 14, which will be on display in Dubai, United Arab Emirates, through Friday, March 3rd. Uh, the Dynasty Collection is the sole-defining holy grail of sneaker collection, said uh, Brom Wachter, Sotheby's head of streetwear and modern collectibles. CBS reported they check all the boxes that a collector could want, championship history and Hall of Fame Association and Style. We like the style. Jordan is regarded as one of the greatest athletes, having won two Olympic gold medals and six, count them, six NBA championships, among other accolades. He collaborated with Nike to create the Jordan brand, a profitable sports asset. That's understated. Is one of the first major collect- collaborations between an athlete and shoe manufacturer and helped Jordan become the first NBA player to reach billionaire status. Jordan sported his first pair of sneakers during his opening season with the Chicago Bulls in 84, and the Ed Jordan won was accessible to the general public the following year. The collaboration generated subsequent partnerships between athletes and sportswear brands. Listen, he set the tone, Jordan, with the market. We know that. To this day, the Jumpman is one of the most recognizable icons in the world. And uh, long story short, it's going to hit the market, Big D. So, Paul, you better check your bank account, Big D. $100 million. (laughs) That's a lot of smackers. Like I said, we're starting the bidding at $7. I think there's a movie coming out about the origins of the like the Air Jordans. Yes, oh. I saw it. <laughs> That'll be incredible. Not, not the, I saw the preview for it. Well, what, the, when, when did I see that preview? What was I seeing that I saw that? Yeah, preview? I was it's watching something that you just too, said that, that G, because I just saw that. It was. Uh, and I saw it before Ant Man. Yep. They called that a sneaker preview. That's oh, a wrap. <laughs> I guess they all can't be uh, killers there. That's a, what that's did I see? I can't. I can't think of what I saw that I saw. But, that. but I think I saw the same thing because it was interesting. They were talking about how when they went to him, Nike did right. Yeah. Uh, to talk about doing a shoe, they didn't think he was old enough. They didn't think he, that he should have a signature. That it should be a name. Right? Is that what you saw? I don't remember. I'm trying to think of where. Oh, that's because you're preview. fifty. What I saw the preview before, because I don't go to the movies, so I'm just trying to think, how did I see that preview? But I did see it. Yeah. Well, who cares? This is not riveting television right now, but <laughs> no, I don't know. Exactly. Just, well, no, trying it, to think of what it was. It's more of a basket I thought, case. I thought it was an interesting yeah, story. You know deal. what? I, I think it was a compilation. They had a Super Bowl <laughs> spot, Dan. <laughs> They, what was it? They ran a short trailer as a Super Bowl ad this year. Oh, maybe that's where I saw it. There you it. go. Okay, thank you, friend. Whew, I can sleep tonight. All right, good. <laughs> um, well, we don't have a lot of time for news here. Do you have any other sports, Rick, or is that it? Uh, that's what I have right now, Big D. That's All what right. I got for you. Uh, we'll do some more of the hearings today with Garland. I mean, just could you imagine this guy in the Supreme Court? Just that's no. all I kept thinking about today is this disaster has, is at least going to have an expiration time on it that he'll be out of here. But could you imagine him on the Supreme Court? On a lifetime appointment. Oh, my God. Oh, you never get rid of Oof. him. What a disaster. You know, did I, you see the video I sent you with Thomas Sowell? You know, uh, uh, I saw a little bit of it. It's like 10 minutes long. I didn't have a chance to watch the whole thing. Yeah. What, what was just, that hearing? That was him? It, it was just, you know, it was, uh, well, it was two of them. I, I sent you two videos, I thought. It was one was him in a, 
financially. Well, we're running out of time. We'll, we'll talk about yeah, when we get back. I only saw the one when he was in front of Kennedy. All right, 26 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. We'll do some more from the hearing when we get back, and we'll do some news of Paul Nolan right after this. there uh, to make sure that uh, we make sure that there is a, a safe workforce uh, uh, for folks who are uh, working for the U.S. government and who are em- clearly employees. All right, 30 minutes past the hour live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. Paul Nolan's going to do the news here in a second. Rick Delgado's here. Geofran holding it down as always. You have, uh, what? what is it? Slick Rick has got, uh, oh yeah. What is this? I got a gift. Another gift. Uh, this is from. Just came uh, in the mail. Kelly Brown from Maryland sent me this. Slick Rick. I love it. All right, we're going to do an unboxing right here yeah, live. Yeah. I, haven't even, I haven't even sure opened it. Sure, it's not uh, Anthrax? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find uh, out. No one would send Ooh, look Slick at this. Purple, Pokemon card. Purple bag. I mean, wow, look at that. Oh, I mean, they Lord, must know I like this. that color. This is like this. Is, <laughs> I don't get anything like this. Look at this. Oh, look at this. Whoa, man. What, what is a, this? What a, wow, Kelly. What is this? Whoa, look at that. I think I know that guy. Look at that. That's a beauty right there, big D. Look at that, man. Wow. That is nice. That's All beautiful nice. beads made Holy on it. Holy cow. You, you, look like, you look like a disco trucker with that thing I, on. Put that on. <laughs> it's like, I got a call. Keep I that on, pictures. Slick Rick. Keep What's, that on. Look at I'm that. Gonna, I'm going to write on. Handmade. Wow. Yeah. Now, now oh, he looks beautiful. like Prince. That is yep. something else. He looks, he looks like he should be lugging like uh, Sky Vodka across the bootlegging vodka across the <laughs> across the nation like that. Yeah. What else beautiful. did you get? Like what, what else was in the box? That's a nice hat. All kinds that's of pictures. Cool. Who's that from? That's from Kelly Brown, right? Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Brown, Brown from Maryland, from Bell Camp. She Maryland. made that. Yeah, that's very nice. Wow. I mean, no, wow. You really can't appreciate it. You know, the, the detail on it is just absolutely wow. incredible. Yep. Incredible. What else was in the box? Hey, Kelly Brown, whoever man, I like Rush. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We like the news, too, Paul. Let's do the news. I'll start wearing sexy shoes if I can get one of those. Uh, Speaking of the news, it's sponsored by our friends at earlytreatmentmeds.com. And by the way, there was some confusion. I posted about this today because I said that there was 50% off with our code, and that was true. But I realized, or somebody realized, that it was up till today only on the early treatment pack and the long COVID pack. And because I confused everybody, uh, I guess they got wind of it. <laughs> and they said, okay, we'll make it 50% off of the whole site until Sunday night. And then it's just the, the two uh, that we originally gave you. So you've got 50% off everything at early treatment meds between now and Sunday night. Earlytreatmentmeds.com. They sponsor the news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Paulie? Well, big deal. I got good news on a personal note. Uh, you bid got, for those. Brought, you bid for the sneakers, and we won. And you're gonna split um, it with me. Well, not so much we. No, not so much we won. Oh. Uh, I won. Gotcha. It was good for me. Yes. Uh, no, I, I got the ten thousand on Getter. Oh, congratulations! Oh, wow. congratulations. At Papa right? Nolan. Yeah, I'm very active over there. I try to answer everybody. When you Sometimes buying that I Tesla? don't have time, but, but I'm, I'm, I, you know, I make a nice effort. Yeah. Who got the Tesla? Who was number ten thousand? Well, that there was a glitch. Um, it just so happened it was my cousin. 
Uh, he was the actual 10,000. So <laughs> I, I got to Oh, so you're going to give it to the 9,999 person. You're starting to sound yeah. like Garland no, here. Yeah, there wasn't actually, a, a, I, there was no clause in the contract. So, all right, let's it, do the news. We'll work it out. We're, we're going to work it out at 15,000. Well, that's what we'll do. We'll get to 15. <laughs> I'll just drive that Tesla until. <laughs> it's, it sounds like happy. my gambling debt just keeps rolling. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Has anyone ever driven a Tesla, by the way? No. 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 I test drove one. It was unbelievable. But okay. I'm never going to get one out of principle. I don't like the carbon footprint. So guess what, guys? The Prince Harry needs to be left alone. Tour continues. Uh, but he's going to live, live stream a therapy session with a trauma expert in a transparent attempt for more attention. This is a true story. Prince Harry really just wants you to leave him alone. So this Saturday... Duke and Sussex will unpack all his emotional baggage with renowned trauma expert uh, Gabor Mate during a live virtual event. You can buy a ticket to this intimate conversation for the Illuminati and Mason's favorite number, 33 bucks. Talk about funny. Um, in an interest of privacy, Prince Harry recently released a tell-all memoir documenting everything that has happened in his life, including how he lost his virginity and how he got frostbite on his private parts. Thank God this was two separate incidents. This is all from OutKick. Really fun article. Ticket prices to Saturday's event will include wait, wait, wait. a hard cut. Oh, 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 some, oh, oh, slow it down here for a second. He's live streaming. I usually streaming. have three minutes. He's live streaming <laughs> yeah. a session he's... with his therapist and he's pay-per-viewing it? Yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> what a D-bag. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is right in the wake of, of South Park yes. doing the uh, the privacy tour. This is incredible. This is false. You're so into the, you just can't. He must, he must really whores. miss That's that it. royal They're money that he used to have access to, huh, Paul? Oh, my God. Because the, they cut know, the him end. off. They, yeah, well, of course. He, he went against the grain. Um you know, Meghan Markle. I, I know. I don't. I, I. I don't even know. Don't they like to inbreed over there on the royal oh family just to keep the, the gene line perfectly? Uh, I don't know. This whole thing is crazy. This. I wish. I wish they would just go away. Uh, and also in the crazy news, a drag queen forces child to leave class for denying 73 genders. School teaches anal sex to 11-year-olds. In this new report, this is from Fox News. In the Isle of Man, the government has suspended sex education in schools after a drag queen allegedly forced a student to leave the class for refuting the concept of 73 genders. The petition from parents and students attending Queen Elizabeth High School previously called for immediate investigation into the curriculum. The petition was addressed to school's head teacher, Charlotte Kay. Um, I put the story on my get-up page. I'm only going to give it a little bit of it because it's so disgusting. WTF, um, WTF of the day. I wonder why things in these schools is off don't the hook and unhinged. Roll that, G. Please don't. Please. I'm crazy. Oh God, please don't do and frankly, and this is what really pisses me off, during the pandemic, so we understood that small businesses were hurting and we helped them and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. Big businesses were hurting and we helped them and it didn't go to the Supreme Court to challenge it. All of a sudden, when it's about our students, they challenge it, the corporations challenge it, the student loan lenders challenge it. That is not right, that is not fair, and that is what we are fighting as well when we say, cancel student debt. 
What was that last thing she said? Cancel student debt. Wow. She should be nowhere near a student ever in her life. She should be in a straight jacket in a rubber room somewhere. I could see her throwing a hockey stick. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Oh my Lord. She really really is dumb. Randy Weingartner. (laughs) Someone who's in charge of the teachers. Hey, teachers union, pay attention. The, The woman is a moron. She, she doesn't even understand how the money that was given to businesses and things that were purposely shut down by the government was completely, um, it, was, it was approved by the government. The government yeah, Appropriated did that. through right. Congress. Right. When it comes to student loans, the kids still went to school. They still took classes. They took classes online. They didn't lose their tuition. They still got their education. So and what about the people who paid for their school? Right. Can I get can well, I get a credit back? Because yeah, I'd like to get that. I, I didn't want. I didn't mean to pay. It was an accident. I, I paid for my kids. Can I have my money, please? But she is a complete lunatic. I mean, wow. just an utter lunatic. Oh, I saw that yesterday, and I couldn't. T- I just it was so painful. You could tell she's ugly inside and out. She's just not a good person. Probably nobody likes her. She probably has nobody that's in you know, a like, oh boy, I'll I'll throw myself in front of a train for you. How many she, cats she's do you kinda, think she has? Yeah, she's she's kind of the one that kind of people are just like yeah, because she has power. That's it. Yeah. They're only around her because of what she can give them. Yep. Mm. Over or under eleven cats. Oh, definitely <laughs> over, over. Over. Totally. Over. <laughs> no totally. doubt about they'll, it. They'll find her being chewed on by a few. Soon. All right, what else is going on in the news, Paul? <laughs> find her being chewed on. <laughs> they follow um, her around. Yeah, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, he's in the news again. Obviously, you guys have kind of seen this. Uh, during the 2020 elections, uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg spent almost $500 million. Um, excuse me, I'm sorry. It's uh, They read... To edit it, it's down to 419 million in nonprofits. Um, but um, he said uh, the analysis conducted by a team demonstrated the money significantly increased Joe Biden's vote margin in key swing states and places like Georgia, where Biden won by 12,000 votes, and Arizona, where he won by 10,000. The spending likely put him over the top. Not to mention the suppression of great information about the criminal family in Ukraine and Hunter Biden's uh, crimes and. And sex videos. What so, the hell uh, is he talking about? <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, the unprecedented merger of public election offices with private resources and personnel uh, is an acute threat to our republic and should be the focus of electoral reform and, and, uh, and efforts moving forward. This is from the New York Post. <laughs> where it says the uh, Center for Technology and Civic Life and the Center for Election Innovation and Research passed a staggering $419 million of Zuckerberg's money into local government election offices, and it came with strings attached. Every CTCL and CEIR grant spelled out in great detail the conditions under which the grant money was to be used. This is purely criminal. This is an absolutely insane amount of uh, of money being used to, you know, just change policy in favor. Uh, it's, this is what you call completely owned government. This is fascism. I am going to, um, what's today's date? March 1st, 2023. We're a year and a half away from the election. I'm raising the, ro- the red flags right now on making sure the state legislatures don't get caught uh, off-footed again like they did in 2020. Two specific articles I want to bring your attention to. I don't have a ton of time to jump into them, and I want to stay on Garland today. But Sean Fleetwood in The uh, Federalist has a piece right now that we need to start paying attention to. With a split Congress, Democrats are taking their election takeover scheme right to the states. 
Democrat-controlled state governments are working to advance election bills that would dramatically overhaul state election administration. Hello? Raise the red flag now, please, so that we don't get caught, um, you know, not looking the right way as we did in 2020, because here we go again. And just a little bit from this, he says, after failing to orchestrate a federal take a federal takeover of state election administration two years ago, Democrats are back with their newest strategy to seize control of America's electoral process. In blue state legislatures, leftists are now working to advance election bills that seek to dramatically overhaul state elections by enshrining Democrat-backed voting practices into law. The widespread effort is an attempt to implement National Democrats' HR1 policies in states across the country. Deceptively labeled for the People's Act, H.R. 1 was a bill supported by Congressional Democrats and President Joe Biden during the early months of 2021. The legislation was a concentrated bid by Democrats to cement many of the unsecure practices used throughout the 2020 election into federal law and allow the federal government to oversee and control the electoral process. The measures, many changes to election administration include provisions effectively banning voter ID requirements, mandating universal mail-in balloting, legalizing widespread use of ballot drop boxes, among others. The bill furthermore violates core provisions of our federal constitution, such as the election clause of Article 1 and the electors clause of Article 2 which stipulate that the states and the state legislatures, not the federal government, are tasked with administering and overseeing elections. More on this and more continually on this as the months go by. Raise the red flag today, March 1st, 2023. I'm doing it here first. All right, live from Studio 6B. More on this, more on Garland today. Crazy Town, LOL, all coming up. Sports and news as well. We're back right after this. On uh, the Getter chat says, anyone here, Steve Bannon dropped the F-bomb today? <laughs> Uh-oh. He's oh, you again, didn't talk huh? to him this morning, did you? No, okay. <laughs> um, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. More to do. We'll get back to the hearing. Josh Hawley I have. Mike Lee I have. Great stuff from the two of them. Really, both of them. All three of them. Cruz and all those two that are coming were all excellent. Uh, really good today. Uh, so we'll get to that. We have, um, well, we did the Is This English. We have a crazy town coming up. Biden nominates new labor secretary. She's a crackpot. Uh, no surprise there, but we'll get nope. to that. Uh, but Never. let's do some sports. The man in the new Prince hat. Yes. From uh, who again? <laughs> Kelly Long Brown. She lives in Maryland. She was from California. Her family, her grandfather, 100% Native American Indian. It's a special process they use for this. Just an exceptional piece. You really can't appreciate it as much on TV, but in person, it's gorgeous. All right, very good. Uh, yes. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow. Of course, we appreciate when you use our code. If you're going to shop for anything, use our code LFS6B. 
Give it to your friends as well. It'll save you 10 to 60% off. And if you're buying the new MyPillow 2.0, it's buy one, get one free. As long as Mike decides to let that deal keep going. So uh, buy one, get one free. Slick Rick, what's going on in sports? All right, let's get caught up on some scores here. NCAA women's basketball. Here we go. Kansas State right now trails Oklahoma 70-67. These are all in the fourth. Um, uh, South Florida over Cincinnati 83-55. West Virginia leads Oklahoma State 65-60. We have uh, Holy Cross over Boston University 54-50. And uh, Toledo leading Kent State 57-56 at the half. Kansas 48, Iowa State 43, and uh, Tulane and Memphis. Memphis right now winning 28-23. Finals from earlier today, Wake Forest defeated Virginia 68-57 and UCLA over Arizona State. That was 81-70 overtime game. And last but not least, Bowling Green over Ball State 81-76. NBA action real quick. Bulls right now lead the Pistons 101-86 and the three. Hornets uh, trail the Suns 82-73, 10 to go in the fourth. And uh, at the half. Celtics over the Cavaliers 55-52 and the Sixers beating up on Miami 71-53 at the half. Watch how that turns in the second half. And Nets right now taking on the Knicks. Good one in the garden, Big D. Knicks are winning 81-57 at the half. I know, I gotta give them the kibosh, the uh, Sixers. And uh, <laughs> NHL action. <laughs> I mean, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this guy is the worst fan oh, ever. T- he's the worst. Oh, ever. Watch how that turns in the second half, you hmm. said. I am self-loathing. Uh, Rangers and Fly is tied at one. That's in the second period. We got the Maple Leafs <laughs> and the Oilers. Oilers lead that game 3-1 with a minute to go in the first. Coyotes and Stars, no score, just underway. And NCAA men's basketball. Hey, we're getting ready for March Madness. I got a great story. Sister Jean is back in the news, and she's giving her prediction. Yeah, and it ain't her team. <laughs> no, her team ain't, ain't going to make it. But she wrote a nice book. You know, she said 103, Sister Jean. God yeah. bless her. I got a beautiful story on her a little bit later. But uh, number two. Alabama right now. A little bit of an upset brew in Big D. Auburn is leading 66-54 with just about eight and a half to go in the second half. There's no such thing as upsets in college basketball this year. Anyone can beat anybody. This is an unranked team beating a number two. That's so what? I know. You're going to... Listen, you're going to see 15s beat twos or 16 beats one. You're going to see something like that this year. I think you're going to see more than one. You might see an unranked team win it all. You you very well might. Last... um, Last team to win it all that was lower than a two seed was UConn in 2014. I believe they were a seven seed or maybe a four seed. Yeah. But uh, they're the last one to do it. It's very possible you could see it this year. Well, Sister Jean's got an unranked dark horse that she's picking, so I'll give you that story in a little bit. But Maryland right now uh, uh, trailing Ohio State 58-49. Speaking of UConn, they're up 81-52 over DePaul. And uh, Notre Dame uh, 74-56 over Pitt. And Xavier defeated Providence earlier today, 94-89. Here's a story for you. Uh, Report NFL Films maintain database of cheerleader butt, chest, and cleavage shots. This is Paul Boy of Breitbart. NFL Films, the official production arm of the National <laughs> Football League, yeah. Uh, yeah, reportedly maintained a database of cheerleader butt, chest, and cleavage shots. The Wall Street Journal reported on Tuesday that former NFL film human resources employee Victoria Russell filed a lawsuit against the company after it fired her last year for revealing that it kept sexualized and offensive descriptions of women in a database that the company curated. It's unbelievable. Well, you didn't need an investigative journalist. I could have told 
told you they had that. Yeah. Okay, well, in her complaint, Russell alleged the NFL Films had a database of timestamps on his footage that include descriptions like cheerleaders' buttocks, cheerleaders' rear end, female fan in bikini top. You get the idea. <laughs> NFL spokesman Brian McCarthy said the contents of those shots were marked sensitive, adding that. They- <laughs> yeah, sure. Of course they were. I'm sure they were. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. Well, they have secret. Yeah, and, and in a related story, they were the most viewed videos by the workshop. Well, you know, this is, these are the kind of excuses with these guys come out when they get busted. Uh, but anyway, NFL Literally. spokesman Brian McCarthy exactly said the contents of those shots were more sensitive, adding that they was to ensure that such footage could not be used since NFL Films chronicles every frame shot by the camera. The company inevitably needed a proper taxonomy in place to flag more inappropriate images. Big day. So, you know, there's a little bit of innocence here now. Uh, those frames are logged as sensitive <laughs> so they can be removed from circulation, meaning they will not be accessible to employees whose job it is to locate footage for productions. Uh, this goes on and on, but this woman does have a lawsuit, but she has some performance issues and, you know, things like that. So it's a whole long story. We'll see how it plays out. It's big news, NFL films, and uh, I think Breitbart's the only one, though, who would actually show this yeah. uh, story. Big news, yep. Well, Hopefully they don't get busted. Just, All right. exactly. so, exactly. just imagine hey. the NFL films guy voice. Like uh, voicing over some of that content. Oh, my God. Well, you know, listen, they're very hands-on with the league. But But anyway, that's a rap in sports, Big D. Back to you. (laughs) We're trying to get as many bad puns here as we can. Exactly. All right, Slick Rick. Thanks. We'll do some more sports. Uh, Let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Meds right now. EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. You're looking to stock up on, uh, well, whatever. They've got influenza. They've got RSV. They've got, obviously, COVID. 50% off site-wide until Sunday night. Slick, uh, Paul Nolan, what's going on with the news? So I'm just going to give you – I had a couple things that I felt just were completely disgusting to me. It's another example of the moral decay of society. So in Maine, an 11-year-old spoke out against pornographic content in his middle school and wants administrators to be prosecuted, Knox Zajac, an 11-year-old sixth grader, spoke up at a school board meeting last week and read aloud from a book, Nick and Charlie, that had checked out that he had checked out of the school's library. Uh, Nick and Charlie, written by Alice Osman, begins with two t- early teen boys stealing wine from their parents and proceeding to experiment with uh, with with sex with one another. Um, Knox said uh, the school was on the stand. I would like to read uh, you a page. And he proceeded to read uh, the pornographic material to the school board. Um, and uh, you, the crowd was honestly disgusting, uh, disgusted by it. I will put this on my getter page, but I wanted to just give it uh, – I just wanted to briefly go over this just because – you know, it's just frustrating how 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 far things uh, have gotten away from us. But then, in the good news to follow up, um, there was a story in the Daily Mail: Is 2023 the year that trans goes bust? Nearly 100 bills across 27 states target puberty blockers and other gender-affirming interventions, and they. They're backed by voters. Uh, The intensifying debate over the rights of America's transgender people is coming to a head this year with scores of Republican-led bills aimed at banning puberty blockers in in front of state legislatures. A hundred bills have been proposed across 27 states. Uh, Other draft laws being debated in state legislatures cover everything um, from which pronouns could be used in a classroom, whether trans girls can play um, trans sports teams, if trans people uh, must use uh, bathrooms that correspond with their birth sex. Uh, They're being debated and trans people complain about the battle battling the prejudices um, and their fight for survival while parents and trans identifying teens bemoan the kids being indoctrinated by online ideologues. Um, 
and some even encouraged by their teachers. So I know we don't have a ton of time, so I just wanted to kind of get through that. There is hope. 27 states and over 100 bills. Um, people are standing up. I mean, I don't know if you guys are following a page on Twitter. Um, it's called uh, Gays Against Groomers. Um, I want. I was going to ask you to have the video, but it was so repulsive. I didn't want to lose the audience, but it was a bunch of trans uh, dudes and thongs and next to nothing um, doing erotic shows for uh, people from the age of three months old, two, five-year-olds. It was every grade up to 12-year-olds with parents there. And I just think every one of those parents uh, are disgusting. Yeah, that's where the blame goes. All right, hour two coming up live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Crazy Town coming up. Plus, we'll get back to the hearings today. Glad you're in on a Wednesday. We're back right after this. from Studio 6B, Hour 2. Glad you're in on a Wednesday night. Slick Rick's doing sports. Paul Nolan's doing the news. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Friend holding it down as always. Glad you're a part of the show. Want to say hi to everybody on Getter. Fired up tonight. Almost 12,000 on there. Pushing for 15K here in the second hour. Glad everybody's in. We got Crazy Town coming up. That Crazy Town last night. I had a lot of requests for that Crazy Town again. <laughs> Jay. That was a beauty. I had a lot of requests for that Crazy Town again. Number one, because of the opening sentence. Who the hell knows? Well, we figured it out. But the part about the nurse coming over to him, I mean, he's kind of told a version of that before. Yeah. She breathed in my yeah. nose to make mm -hmm. sure I was, you know, he, He's done this creepy uh, nurse story before. He kind of gave it a little different twist yesterday. Yeah. He added the My Pillow part. He added the MyPillow part, yeah, uh, MyPillow 2.0 right. with uh, the temperature-regulating technology, which he likes. Keeps him, uh, <laughs> keeps him up. Um, and then he added the, uh, oh, I don't know, it's just a disaster. And did he, get, <laughs> yeah. and did he get the, uh, the deficit that he, he had wrong? I feel like there was so much in there. Did he say 1.7 trillion? No, no, but I think he said 1. I think he said 1.7 billion. This isn't calculus. Rick, no, I see. I think he said 1.7 trillion. At least that's what he always says. That's what he always says, right? Of course when you when you when you put money to spend and you you budget the money and then you don't spend it and you take it off the books, that's by the right. way spend that's saving the that's saving money. That's reducing the deficit. Or or if you count something that was uh, ending anyway. Yeah, reducing the deficit. Right. right he sure. reduced it. Yeah, he's reducing the deficit, he's bringing down inflation, right? It's just it's just all of us are living in a psyops. It's just we don't see that when we see the grocery store prices and the gas prices, it's not just it's no. This is a fig, fig Newton of your imagination. Don't let it. You're always talking about food now. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not really what's happening. He's bringing everything down. Just seems like everything's going up. Don't worry. I'm not stupid. Yeah, I might be a white boy, but I'm not stupid. He's a white boy, all right. Yeah. Uh, so there's so much to show you here today. I don't even think I have time to get to all of it. I want to get to Crazy Town, but let's let's go, Josh Holly today. Back to the Garland hearings because you just can't do it any better than this, Rolichi. 
Attorney General Garland, let, let me just ask you, does your department have a problem with anti-Catholic bias? Uh, our department um, is all religions um, and all ideologies. It does not have uh, any uh, bias against any religion of any kind. Well, you could have surprised me because given the resources that you are expending and the apparently intelligence assets that you are deploying against Catholics, it appears, and other people of faith, while simultaneously turning a blind eye while people are executed gang style in the streets of our cities, including in my home state, I, your answer frankly surprises me. Let's talk about the Mark Hout case, for example. You've been asked about this already today, and frankly, your answers really astound me. This is a case where a Catholic pro-life demonstrator, father, was accused of disorderly conduct in front of an abortion center. The local prosecutor, the Philadelphia district attorney, who is a Democrat, a liberal, very progressive, declined to prosecute. There was a private suit that got dismissed. And then after all of that, your Justice Department sent between 20 and 30 armed agents in the early morning hours to the Houck's private residence to arrest this guy after he had offered to turn himself in voluntarily. Here's the photo. Once again, you can see the long guns. You can see the ballistic shields. You can see that they're wearing bulletproof vests. Why did the Justice Department do this? Why did you send 20 to 30 SWAT-style agents and a SWAT-style team to this guy's house when everybody else had declined to prosecute and he'd offered to turn himself in? Determinations of how to make arrests under arrest warrants are made based uh, by the tactical operators um, in the uh, district. They are not but you surely looked into it by this point. Well, right? Always everybody else. You, you know the answer, surely. They, all I know is what uh, the FBI has said, which is that they made decisions on the ground as to what was safest and easiest. So you do not agree with your description of what happened on the scene. You don't agree with my description. I'm pointing out what the photo is. <laughs> there are agents here who have long guns and ballistic shields. Let's take a look at the hardened criminals that your Justice Department sent these armed agents to go terrorize on that morning. Here they are. Here they are at mass. Here's the seven children with Mr. Houck and his wife. In this early morning, they were all at home. Mrs. Houck has said repeatedly, the children were screaming, they feared for their lives. You've got these agents demanding that he come out, they've got the gun, she said, pointing at the house and at them. He has offered to turn himself in, and this is who you go to terrorize. What's really interesting to me is this seems to directly contradict your own memorandum about the use of force at the Justice Department. You say, Officers may use only the force that is objectively reasonable to effectively control an incident. Are you telling me that in your opinion as attorney general, it was objectively necessary to use 20 or 30 SWAT style agents with long guns and ballistic shields for these people? What I'm saying is that decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by FBI agents. So you're saying you don't know? I'm, I'm saying what I just said. <laughs> Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States, 
you are in charge Again, of the Justice Department. You. And yes, sir, you not are responsible. FBI. So give me an answer. The FBI does not agree no. with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the attorney general. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people? Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. So you think it was reasonable? <laughs> I'm saying the facts are not as you describe. What, that the children weren't there? That there, wasn't, that there weren't long guns there? That facts. there weren't agents? What, wasn't, what, what do you dispute? What's the factual premise you dispute? FBI Be specific. said they don't agree with your description of... Be um, specific. They don't agree with what? Of, of how many agents, of the agents who were there, and of what their roles were. They don't agree. Do you know That's the jury in this case acquitted Mr. Houck? I'm sure you're aware. Do you know how long it took him? I, I am aware, and we respect the decision of the jury. Do you know how long it took him? I don't know. One hour. <laughs> One hour. Philadelphia District Attorney declines to prosecute. The private suit's dismissed. No less. You use an unbelievable show of force with guns that I just note liberals usually decry. We're supposed to hate long, long guns and assault-style weapons. You're happy so to good. deploy them against Catholics and innocent children. Happy to. And then you haul them into court, and a jury acquits him in one hour. I just suggest to you that that is a disgraceful performance by your Justice Department and a disgraceful use of resources. I notice a pattern, though. The FBI field office in Richmond on the 23rd of January of this year issued a memorandum in which they advocated for, and I quote, the exploration of new avenues for tripwire and source development against traditionalist Catholics, it's their, their language, including those who favor the Latin mass. Attorney General, are you cultivating sources and spies in Latin mass parishes and other Catholic parishes around the country? The Justice Department does not do that. It does not um, um, do investigations based on religion. I saw the document you have. What did it's you do about appalling. it? It's appalling. I'm in complete agreement Who's been with fired? you. I understand that the FBI has withdrawn it and it's now looking into how this could ever have happened. How did it happen? Just That's hold that one second into, here. You see the, do you see what's going on here with this guy? Everything is reflected over to Chris Ray. So again, I go back to what I said to start the show. Um, Christopher Ray has to be put in front of some committee. I don't care if it's in a public setting or in a private setting, but he needs to answer some questions on what the hell is going on with memorandums like that that Holly just referenced, with the Haug thing. With all of this. So Garland can sit there as the attorney general and say, well, the FBI doesn't do that. The FBI doesn't do that. The FBI doesn't agree. The FBI get me. What I saw from the FBI, what they told me was. So that's his out, obviously, all day long. He's done it. Now on this one, he's like, oh, I, I agree with you. That's appalling. I have no idea what the FBI is doing over there. Who could have ever put that together? I agree with you. It's appalling. Well, you're the attorney general. You oversee all. I mean, who else is there? So he keeps blaming Christopher Ray, And he's not willing to address any of this directly himself today at all. Every time this was brought up, he did the same thing. He either blamed the fact that it was hap the crime was happening at night, so what could they do? They can't see who did it. That's exactly what he said. Or he blamed Christopher Ray. Those are the two things he did all day long. So I don't know what, Cong I don't know what option Congress has other than to sit Christopher Ray in the chair either, uh, again, in a public setting or in a classified setting, 
and either get some answers or start cutting his budget until they do get some answers. I don't know what else there is for them to do. Because these things, as nice as it is to see these guys hold their feet to the fire, you can see this arrogant, pompous slime is going to just, he just leaves here going, oh, okay, well, I dealt with a little fire. And he just goes on back to what he's doing. And there's nobody held responsible. Nothing changes. So something else has to be done. Because these, these places are out of control. Out of control. Go ahead, finish this. But I'm totally in agreement with you. That document is appalling. I'll tell oh. you how it happened. The, this memorandum, which is supposed to be intelligent, cites extensively the Southern Poverty Law Center, which goes on to identify all of these different Catholics as being part of hate groups. Is, is this how the FBI, under your direction and leadership, is, is this how they do their intelligence work? They look, they look at left-wing advocacy groups to target Catholics? Is this what's going on? I mean, clearly it is. How is this happening? The FBI is not targeting Catholics. and uh, According said, to that memo, is, they are. Uh, an inappropriate memorandum. Especially and it doesn't masks. reflect the methods that the FBI is supposed to be using. Should not be relying Most. on any single organization without doing its own work. Let me just ask you, as my time expires here, a very direct question. How, how many informants do you have in Catholic churches across America? I don't know, and I don't believe we have any informants. I don't know, he said. Churches. Yeah. We he didn't say none. We have a rule against uh, investigations based on First Amendment um, activity, and uh, uh, Catholic churches are obviously uh, First Amendment activity. Well, but I don't know the specific answer to you, you don't know the specifics of anything, it seems, but apparently on your watch, this Justice Department is targeting Catholics, <laughs> targeting people of faith, specifically for their faith views. And Mr. Attorney General, I'll just say to you, it's a disgrace. Mm. Just think about the, what he just asked him. And he says, oh, I don't know. Wasn't me. He didn't say no. He didn't say that we would. N- n- he said, I don't know. And then he doubled <laughs> down at the end there. And he said, well, I don't know an answer to your specific. I don't know a specific answer to your question. So that's a yes. You do. Yeah. Need more whistleblowers. Yep. A few of them have been coming forward. They've been exposing a lot, but there needs to be more. Uh, there's, I, I don't know, short of cutting the budget to, to I don't know what you're going to do with these places. They've run so out of control. I don't know how you rein them in. I don't know how Congress has oversight. I don't know how you rein them in at this point. If you don't cut, if you don't cut their lifeline. All right. 13 past the hour live from studio six feet more sports news, crazy town all coming up. talk to you about our friends at birch gold despite the u.s blowing through 32 trillion dollar debt ceiling last january the leftist biden white house and of course the democrats still refuse to reduce spending that's why inflation's still running hot while our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility it's time to pull yours out now it'd be a great time to diversify into gold 
And the only way to do that is with our friends from Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king because it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's how you get started. Text the word AMERICA to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold. Then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of the mountain of debt, every single one of us would have to write a check right now for $247,000. And that's only going to get worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting AMERICA to 989898. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text AMERICA to 989898. I'll sound like the blues. And do it today. Text AMERICA to 989898 with Birch Gold. All right, 18 past the hour. I like that piano part right there. Yeah. Uh, 18 past the hour, live from funky, Studio 6. Funky, funky. B. Thank you. On a Wednesday. Uh, what are we doing? Time for sports. And here with that is the man in the Prince uh, hat sent in from a viewer. What uh, I'll remember her name sometime between now and the end of the week. Her name is what again? Kelly Long Brown. Kelly Long Brown. Yes. Sent Slick Rick, that beautiful Prince handmade uh, decorated hat. Yeah, beautiful card. She explained the whole history of being an American, you know, Native Indian and just absolutely, you know, great story about her grandfather fighting in World War II and Pearl Harbor. Just a great person. Great patriot. And yeah. uh, wow, so nice. Though. She used to make these and sell them on Etsy, but then she got a cease and desist because, you know, you, you got to be careful with Prince's stuff. Okay. That's what happens. All right. Very good. Um, sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and our code LFS. 6B will save you 10 to 60% off if you're if you're shopping at uh, MyPillow, mypillow.com slash LFS6B. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, back to the Slick Rick scoreboard. NCAA women's basketball, three games still in action right now. Good one. Oklahoma leads Kansas State 85-82, 2-25 to go in OT. Uh, Kansas right now taking care of business against Iowa State, 64-49. That's a four to go in the third. And also in the third, Memphis over Tulane, 37-31. NBA action. Sixes continue to lead the Heat 93-73 by 20 with a minute to go in the third. You watch that one. Uh, and uh, Bulls and Pistons tied at 110 in the fourth. We got also the Celtics right now taking care of business against the Cavaliers 83-68. That's in the third. And the Knicks whooping the Nets right across the bridge there in the garden from Brooklyn. 105-86, a minute and a half to go in the third. NHL action. Flyers right now leading the Rangers 2-1. to one. End of two. How'd that trade work out so far? We'll see. Oil is in Maple Leafs. <laughs> right. He hasn't even gotten to New York yet. Doesn't even have a uniform yet. <laughs> I know. Have they given him a uniform yet? So- Patrick oh, Kane. Hey, he's probably on the ice tonight. You uh, really are a terrible fan. I know. I'm not a Ranger fan. God, God forbid. You kidding me? Let me see your Prince hat. Everybody wants to see me wearing it. Yeah. Is, oh, you wear it? Sure. Why yeah, That's not going to fit your it. head. Right, go ahead. You can so fit his nose. <laughs> All right. Anyway, oh, sound like the hairdo. This is the, uh, this is the same thing that the live from Studio Six B hats are made of. I love this connection. It's the most comfortable hat. I'm telling it's you, that live from Studio Six B hat. Yep. Um, is great. That's a beauty. 
Uh, hey, NCAA men's basketball. My big deal. Oh, sound like the blues on a Friday night. Oh, looking good. You look like Prince's security guard. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He looks like big. He, you know, Gio, like, you're going to need a security guard if I come in there. He used to have a big guy, this guy, big chick, big, like, uh, blonde hair, uh, big um, let me wear beard. It like, let me wear it yeah. like the kids wear it. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> He's in Purple Rain, big chick. All right. Hey. This is, this is nice. Yeah, that looks like a, a beanie on his head. I yeah. know. We got a barn burner going on in men's basketball right now. Wow. Alabama has come roaring back, boys. Number two, Alabama. Auburn leads 73-72. They had to stop the game. Apparently, there was a scuffle. RWTX1977 in the getter chat. Let me know. They had a, The game was frozen. So, here we go. A good game there. Uh, Kansas State leads Oklahoma 53-33 in the second. TCU Texas just on the way. And Gonzaga, Rick, number 10 Gonzaga leads Chicago State 16-11. Got time for a couple stories Suck, here you, you you underplayed the whole underneath the helmet yeah the helmet the, uh, the brim here with the sr for slick rick i know that's I, that's, I, that's beaded yeah that is look nice. at that that is wow. nice that is so cool man that's pretty that intricate unbelievable the, but dazzling is dazzling you got i mean to see this hat in real life it's what something is it, special what does it say there though what's it say where in the side Guys, we're on TV. Okay, here we go. Well, <laughs> thanks, thanks for reminding us, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Paul's no, one. Really Paul's one of our viewers. Yeah, he's watching the show. Well, <laughs> hey, Paul, friend of the show. Hey, at least uh, somebody's watching. Yeah. yeah. Hey, well, listen, Sister Jean makes her pick for NCAA uh, tournament winner. This is so Cullum Dell of Yard Barker. <laughs> Sister Jean Dolores Schmidt, chaplain of uh, Loyola College Chicago men's basketball team, uh, who are nine and nineteen, probably won't attend this year's tournament since the Ramblers are on likely to qualify. Nevertheless, she offers her prediction of the winner. The 103-year-old sat down with ABC's Will Reeve to promote her memoir, Wake Up With a Purpose. What I've learned in my first hundred years featured on Good Morning America, Sister Jean's book ranges from her experience teaching during World War II to her rise to fame during Loyola College's 2018 Final Four run. We all remember that one. Uh, but right now, it looks to her as it's going to be Kentucky, Big D. She's picking Kentucky. Kentucky, right now, isn't even, they're number 23. They're way down on the totem pole there. But uh, <laughs> the show's gone off the rails. All right. Anyway, here we go. Uh, but uh, Sister Jean, she's taking Kentucky, Big D. So we'll see what happens with that. I heard her say that. And listen, it's not a bad pick. Kentucky's putting it all together at the right time. I mean, they've yeah. struggled, obviously, this year, but they've looked pretty good. Yeah, except they for the, them losing tonight to Vanderbilt. Well, I mean, okay. To so. Vanderbilt. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That's it. And uh, all right, where are we at now? Any more sports? No, no, we, that's enough sports. We could do some news. Uh, we'll do some more sports for the end of the show. Let's do some news. News is brought to you by our friends at Early Treatment Med. Slick Rick, what's going oh, on? Slick Rick. Uh, Paul Nolan, what's going on? So what I'll do is I'll keep it quick because we have some really good video. And I'll, I posted all these on my getter page. So this way we can kind of get through it relatively quickly. Um, a man, 40, uh, is in FBI custody after the TSA found explosive device hidden in the lining of his check bags as he was being loaded onto a Legion flight from Pennsylvania to Florida. Florida. Um, officials say the device was concealed inside a checked piece of luggage at the Lehigh Valley International Airport, um, and it contained multiple fuses. Uh, Mark Muffley of Lansford, PA, uh, was taken to uh, was taking an Allegiant flight from Pennsylvania to Florida, where. Uh, his bag triggered an alarm after being loaded onto the plane, and the TSA found the circular compound hidden in the lining of his baggage. Uh, there is no motive as of now, but uh, the FBI 
and bomb experts responded to the airport and airport spokesman said the main terminal was closed around 11.15 a.m. So uh, let's just give you that one quick. And then um, Fauci is in trouble, guys. I don't know if you saw this, but um, this is the headline from uh, from Gateway. After his call with Fauci, British scientists given $1.88 million grant and $16.5 million in funding after he changed his story and then came out publicly to lie uh, about, for Fauci about the origins of COVID. British scientist uh, Christian Anderson emailed Tony Fauci saying the virus lab looks ma uh, lab made. Uh, Christian Anderson said uh, some of the features look engineered. The genome looks inconsistent with an evolutionary theory. Then on February 4th, he, after a call with Dr. Fauci, the British scientist Christian uh, wrote the virus. Uh, the main crackpot theory is going around at the moment related to this virus uh, somehow being engineered uh, is demonstrably false. So he completely uh, retracted it. And uh, so I'll just rush through this. And uh, I saw that story, and, Paul. Uh, and there's Gateway Pundit has a version of it as well. Brian, mm -hmm. uh, British scientist given 1.88 million grants, 16.5 million in NIH funding after he changed his story and came out publicly to lie for Fauci about the origins of COVID. I also am reminded of the piece that Jim Jordan wrote that was in The Federalist back on July 14th of 2021 entitled, What Did Fauci Know and When? His emails point to panic, lies, and a possible cover-up having to do with this guy uh, back then. So I'll post that on our social media at LFS6B everywhere. Uh, and you can take a look at that from Jim Jordan in The Federalist. All right, more to do. We're back right after this. Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Uh, let's get to Crazy Town first before we get to Mike Lee back in the hearings today because I want to get to Crazy Town because Biden nominates today his new labor secretary. Roll it, G. Have a seat. Sit down. I'm going to... I'm going to close my eyes and pretend you're clapping for me. I think they like you. If, in fact, you were not picked to be the next Secretary of Labor, I would be run out of town. I see a lot of members of Congress here. No one knows who, who the strong. hell she is. And by the way, they've got a full day today. They're supposed to be in Baltimore for up for a, a, a caucus up there. And, and uh, I don't want to start reading out names in case some aren't here. We've had no better oh, partner God, than this effort. <laughs> And so much more that he's done than Marty Walsh from Boston. He's a proud son of Irish immigrants. Live in the mayor of Boston was the, for the last two years Secretary of Labor, and I assume he knows something about hockey. I asked if he'd take me with him, but he wouldn't. Chris, he thought I'd be the hockey puck. Uh, anyway. The reason I ran was to rebuild the backbone of this nation, the middle class, grow the economy from the bottom up and the middle out, not from the top down. It's like it's not a punishment, you know? But when it trickles down, not a whole lot dropped on our kitchen table when I was growing up. Not much trickle there. That's so incoherent. Not much trickle. My dad, I'm, I know some of you are tired here to say, my dad used to say, Amen. Yeah. A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. 
about your dignity. It's about your dignity. <laughs> Marty's done an incredible job fighting wage thefts, combating ex- ex- the way that workers and laborers Things. is exploited. You know, uh, for example, he helped recover more than $520 million in back wages for liquidated damage from more than 335 workers. 335,000 workers, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Marty, about. the first to say this the is Department of Labor has a comp- has a, has a Of course, comp- he kept 25% from <laughs> an awful lot. And uh, as a civil rights lawyer, leader of California State Labor Department, the biggest in the entire country, truly spent two years representing workers. And like, and like, and like it uh, is for, for Marty, it's personal for Joy. Born in Wisconsin, she's the daughter of Chinese immigrants. Uh, mom uh, of a union worker. Her mom was a union worker. She's going to make sure it happens as the fourth Asian American woman in my cabinet. I'm going to put this down. Thank you. I guess they like the speech. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was more of a eulogy for Marty Walsh than oh, it was gosh. a welcome for her. Oof. That was pathetic. That was awful. He really stinks at this. <laughs> man, oh, man. I mean, he gets worse by the minute. He really does. He didn't you know give us much saying. material there to work with. <clears throat> but uh, you can't have a smashed one out of the park like the one yesterday every, every single day. So, um, <clears throat> All right, a couple other things. Let's, uh, before we get to Mike Lee, I just want to get back because I'm, 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 I'm waving the red flags here. I want to get back to this uh, piece in The Federalist um, yesterday about elections and election integrity. And it's where I left off. It says, while the House Democrats managed to pass H.R. 1, remember H.R. 1 was Pelosi's For the People's Act, which of course it's anything but for the people. Senate Republicans effectively killed the measure once it arrived in the upper chamber in typical hyperbolic fashion. Biden, legacy media's so-called unifier-in-chief, proceeded to accuse the Senate GOP of supporting a Jim Crow era of voter suppression, opposing his party's takeover of state election administration with republican control of the house of representatives nullifying hr one's prospects of a passage for the least the next two years democrats now at the state level have taken it upon themselves to advance some of the bill's core objectives in the state legislatures in new mexico where democrats enjoy trifecta control left see this is the difference this is the difference how many red states do Republicans hold trifecta control? Many. Can we get simple bills passed like boys not playing in girls' sports and, and abortion bills and these? No, we cannot. No, we cannot. This is the difference. In Democrat-controlled trifecta states, they can get through whatever they want. There's never anybody that challenges it. There's never anybody that steps away. In Republican red state legislatures, you can't even get a majority. Never mind one or two or somebody filibuster, nothing. You can't even get it passed. In New Mexico, Democrats enjoy trifecta control. Leftist politicos are working to ram through HB4 before the end of the 2023 legislative session. The measure seeks to expand the use of mail-in voting by creating a voluntary permanent absentee voter list. Let me say that again. A voluntary permanent absentee absentee voter list where the county clerks automatically send a mail ballot to the mailing address listed on a voter registration certificate each time there is a statewide election that includes that precinct 
No more requesting it. You're just going to get it. Use of such a system closely mirrors the no-excuse absentee voting and indefinite confinement rules that Democrats popularized around the country under the guise of the COVID emergency uh, to the detriment of election integrity. Additionally, the bill also aims to expand the use of ballot drop boxes by requiring counties to have a minimum of two boxes within their jurisdiction. So this just goes on and on, and I could go through the whole thing. But the point is, what are the red state legislatures doing? The Democrats' legislatures are clearly now on the move towards 2024 and to do everything they can to make sure everything goes into their advantage. Every advantage they can find, they're going to try to lock down now. What are we doing in the red states? What are we doing in the red states? What are we doing? Florida is the only place we know for sure that will know that day who wins and most and and the votes are what they are for the most part. Is there any other red state for sure that we can say has, I mean, Georgia's made some moves after Stacey Abrams had a dissent decree with the state legislature that nobody knew about. So I guess anything from that's an improvement. But what are we doing? The Democrats are clearly on the move. Another headline today, Biden's DHS just revealed how it plans to use your tax dollars to interfere in U.S. elections. The Biden administration announced on Monday that the Department of Homeland Security is planning to award millions of taxpayer dollars to local governments throughout the country for so-called election security purposes. In an agency-wide press release, the department revealed its plans to provide more than $2 billion in funding for eight fiscal year 2023 preparedness grant programs, which it claims are designed to help state, local, tribal, and territorial offices prepare for, prevent, protect against, and respond to so-called acts of terrorism. Under Joe Biden's presidency, DHS has routinely identified targeting domestic violent extremists as its top priority. Of course, such proclamations are never in reference to violence carried out by leftist groups, such as Antifa or Black Lives Matter, but rather this right of center people and organizations that threaten the regime's narrative and policy goals. So they'll use any arm of government they can to further their election uh, dreams of endless, never-ending power. And I just simply ask again, the Democrats are clearly on the move here towards 2024. What are we doing in the red states? Anyone finds any examples of what we're doing, please send them to me so I can give them equal time. I've got a question. Because if you heard Chip, uh, one second, if you heard heard Chip Roy today on the floor, Chip Roy would not only echo my sentiments on what are we doing as far as this, but what the hell are we doing when it comes to anything? Go ahead. All right. My question with the red states is, should they be doing anything? Because they're red states, right? So you would assume that Well, Georgia was a red state leading into 2020. Did anyone know that there was an election the consent decree uh, with the, with the, with the um, state legislature between Stacey Abrams and them? No. Pennsylvania right. wasn't necessarily hard blue like it seems to be now. Did anyone know that this uh, Act 17 was passed from the governor? Uh, without the state constitution being honored at the time that it was passed? I, I certainly didn't. It doesn't seem like the Republican Party did. I mean, yeah. there's a Republican Party in each one of these states. 
Yeah, I, th- I think my question more is, should they just hold fast with because they control the legislature and the legislature is supposed to make the laws when it comes or, or make the <clears throat> rules when it comes to elections? So I think that's that should be set. You would think that would be set. My question is, what are you, if you're a red voter, going to do in that blue state to offset what they're doing? Because I think that's where we need to really mobilize. You want to screw over the blue state's uh, new rules? Well, let's play by those rules. If you want to do ballot harvesting, we can do ballot harvesting too. Not in states where it's not legal, you can't. No, I'm talking about the blue states. If they're going to do that, then that just empowers, and I think I heard somebody in the Trump campaign in that in that echo in that echo chamber say that that's something they're going to focus on is oh you're going to do that watch what we can do because I from what I understand there were some counties in California that did a great job with ballot harvesting it's like they use the rules oh are these the rules okay because we were going to do the whole day of but since you guys changed the rules they actually set up drop boxes at churches at at, at gun places at gun shows at, at swap meets at wherever wherever red voters congregated and believe it or not those made huge differences so i think if anything the red voters in the blue states um that's where we really we also should really be focusing it on because let's use their stupid um, election stuff. Let's use it against them. We already outnumber them. It's 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 not even funny how uh, you look at an election map across the country. It's just it's all mostly red. So we outnumber them. So why don't we just uh, empower? the red voters in the blue states. And that comes to, I guess, the GOP, the campaign, to say, you know what? We got to get aggressive on the ground. We got to do exactly what they do and take it up to the next level. Let's beat them at their own game and put them out of business once and for all. So I think I think if we also focus on the blue states, um, we could really do some damage to that whole... The whole, you know, the, the Marxist ideology that, that, that rules the, the, the Democrat Party. Speaking of observing elections, cut 11G, it was good to see the governor of Nigeria overseeing their elections. Roll that. Ms. Abrams, thank you for being with us. Let me ask you first, what are you seeing thus far at the different polling stations you have visited here in Abuja? I would say that despite a slow start uh, with the BIVAS, we have seen orderly lines, we have seen long lines signaling strong enthusiasm, but we've also seen a great deal of cooperation and a very peaceful conversation among voters. They want to be heard and they are willing to stand in line and have patience because they know that's their path to progress. It's interesting you say that because one of the things that I have observed the past few days, this huge contingent of youth voters that many believe will really play a significant role in this election. And the people that we've been speaking with have said, well, why would you have Stacey Abrams go oversee an election? It's like Mike Tyson overseeing the spelling bee. Like, what is the point? Like, what is the point? Like, she's a, she's a perennial loser who, who um, opposes anything about fair and free elections. So what, why is she there? Live from Studio 6P on a Wednesday. We'll wrap it up. More sports news coming back after this.
13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Glad you've been a part of the show. All our friends in the Getter Chat's been great. Coming up on 13,000. Was hoping to push to 15, but uh, 13's a pretty solid night. Uh, 13 till the hour. Speaking of 13s, and it's time for sports. And sports is brought to you by Mike Lindell and MyPillow. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. And then use code LFS6B at checkout. Slick Rick, what's going on? All right, one more quick scan of the scoreboards. We got uh, women's basketball, NCAA Kansas right now over Iowa State, 85-76, four to go in the fourth. And Tulane right now trails Memphis, 53-41, two and a half to go in the fourth there. Uh, shooting over to the NBA, we got the Celtics taking care of business with the Cavaliers, 107 107- 94 in the fourth. These are all in the fourth, by the way. Six is 112 to 90 over the Heat. I think that one's over. Uh, the Knicks and 132, 106 over the Nets. Knicks, I think they're going to be winning their seventh game in a row. Big D, you better dust off those Knicks tickets. They're starting to play some ball now. How'd the Sixers do in the <laughs> second half? Yeah, they're doing good. They're, they're, playing, they're winning. They, they, they're going to pull this one out. Oh, you're going to take sure? credit for it? No. Are you happy about it? <laughs> no, he's not. I am happy about it. No, you're not. I don't think you should be allowed to be happy about it after what you said. Well, mm-hmm. I thought they'd blow it, but they didn't. Uh, let's go. Rangers and Flyers tied at two in the garden. Rick, they came back down two to one. And Patrick Kane is not on the ice tonight. I did I check. You. Yes. Well, there we go. He's not dressed yet. Oil is five to one over the Maple Leafs. End of two. Coyotes and Stars tied at two. And uh, men's basketball, great game. Alabama looks like they're going to win this one in overtime. Nine to 85 over Auburn, 11 seconds to go there. A little bit of a scuffle, froze the game for a bit, but it looks like uh, they're going to maintain their number two status right now in the rankings. Uh, and uh, let's see, 22, TCU to Horn Frogs, up 38-28 over number nine, Texas. Number 11, Kansas State, 74-56 over Oklahoma. And uh, Gonzaga leads Chicago State, 39-24. Uh, shoot over a quick store, Big D, some news today. Uh, the warrant issued for University of Georgia's Jalen Carter after fatal car crash. Warner Todd Houston and Breitbart. A warrant has been issued for top NFL prospect from the University of Georgia, Jalen Carter, in connection with a deadly car crash in which a player, Devin Willock, and a UGA football staffer died. The accident occurred on January 15th, killing Devin Willock, who died at the scene, and team staff member Chandler LaCroix, uh, who died later at the hospital. The vehicle reportedly left the roadway and was traveling fast enough to strike two power poles and several trees uh, stopping next to an apartment building. Apparently, he was going 104 miles an hour. He was over the blood alcohol level limit. So this gentleman, his draft stock dropped dramatically uh, this evening. Obviously, he was on some boards the number one draft pick. He's a lineman, defensive lineman on Georgia. And uh, that's really just stunning news. How you see a man just, you know, kids out having a good time and you do something crazy. And boy, you just walked away from a lot of money. And worse yet, Two people lost their lives, which is really the most important part of the story. And Big D, that's all the news I got for tonight in sports. I got a few more stories, but get some other stuff. And it's a wrap in sports. All right, Slick Rick, thanks. Um, we got more time if you want to do something else, but that's fine. We'll um, we'll do some more sports. Yeah, I mean, I got a quick story on Byron Jones. Uh, you know, know the NFL story what real I, quick. Oh, you did the you did the Sister Jean story. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep. She's going with Kentucky. Um, but Byron Jones, we were talking about this last night, Rick and I. Do not take the injections they give you. Dolphins. Byron Jones warns players about team doctors. Oh, Warner Todd Houston again. Breitbart giving giving the real news. Miami Dolphins star cornerback Byron Jones appears to be signaling his wrapping up his NFL career, but he's also telling young players not to take 
take the shots and pills from the team doctors because it isn't worth the lifetime of pain the game wrecks on their bodies. The news was highlighted in the tweet by Twitter user Pat Brody, who tweeted yesterday, breaking Miami Dolphins superstar cornerback Byron Jones has retired abruptly from the NFL at 30, claiming do not take the injections they give you. Uh, that's been walked back. Byron Jones is not retiring. He said that he hasn't made that decision yet, but he is warning these young men to be very careful. The trainers are pushing the pills and the injections. I don't think this is a big revelation for folks, but when you hear a player come out and say about it, it's kind of an unspoken thing. And he was a uh, number one draft pick for the Dallas Cowboys back in 2016, so he's a pretty uh, pretty good player. Uh, he's got a, a $4.2 million left on his contract, so he's got to make sure he gets on the field. I don't think he's going to walk away from that. So Byron Jones telling him, don't take the pills and the injections. <clears throat> so NFL coming under a lot of scrutiny. Anyway, it's yeah. a wrap, Big D. All right, so Rick, thanks very much. Let's do a little uh, more news before we wrap. News is brought to you by our friends at EarlyTreatmentMeds.com. 50% off between now and Sunday night. Early Treatment Meds, while one word, dot com. Paul Nolan, what's going on in the news? Well, Lori Lightfoot, she lost her election, and uh, the Democratic Chicago uh, mayor blamed racism and her gender for her landslide defeat and re-election as Chicagoans uh, wary of the rising crime, uh, and she went from political rock star to rock bottom. She said, I'm a black woman in America, of course. Uh, she went on to say, I'm a black woman. Let's not forget. So she reiterated it several times. And so uh, it had nothing to do with the rising crime. And So was she and, white when she got the job? What happened? <laughs> what, what am I missing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did she mention that she's also a dumbass, uh, ineffective Marxist? Did you, any, any of that part of this? No, yeah, of course. No, she, she seems to have avoided all, like, none of it was her fault, apparently. But she's a look like a true liberal. <laughs> And then uh, here, this is yeah, well, other yeah, in the yeah, other yes, yes, slick Rick, she is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One eye's looking this way, one eye's looking the other way. <laughs> exactly, Rick. She, she, she. It's just amazing the world we live in. Nobody's ever responsible for their actions. So, um, this is good news, right? New York City, with all its money and its limitless budget taxing the rest of us, uh, the New York uh, City and the New York Police Department have agreed to collectively pay millions to protesters who were arrested and detained or subjected to violence during the George Floyd demonstration uh, in the Mott Haven section of Bron- of the Bronx. Uh, this is crazy. The settlement called for more than 300 uh, protesters combined that day using a police tactic they refer to as kettling, each to receive $21,500, which is to believe the highest uh, per-person settlement award in a mass arrest class action lawsuit. So this is going to cost the city another $7 million. So congratulations, you know, for uh, supporting racism. And and uh, so that's it for me in news. I guess the last headline I did have is Zelensky. Uh, we'll, do, we'll talk about it tomorrow night. It says, if you, Ukraine loses, the U.S. will have to send its son to sons and daughters to fight uh, in World War Three. So that's right. it for me. I don't know if you have any other I mean, video. Another news, water is wet. I mean, people are making, I know people are making a huge deal of this because they want to and they hate them and they hate what's going on and that's fine. But I mean, w- when you look at what he said, it's just a matter of fact. I mean, you may not like the way he phrased it, but if they go into a, they go into a NATO country, then you have an Article <laughs> 5 violation of NATO uh, attack against one is an attack against all. The U.S. has to respond. So maybe he's, uh, you know, is there, is there some debate about what he said? And people think maybe he, maybe he means like you need to send him here now or what? But what he said was if they roll through here and go into a, into a NATO country, then yes, that's exactly what the U.S. is going to have to do. Now, what shape or form that takes, who knows? But that, that's, that's a statement of fact, is it not? 
Yeah, I guess it's a statement of fact, but but it's coming from the guy who's trying to lure us in. No, I get to, all that. to a fight we don't belong in. I, I get and the all fact that. that he's he's threatening Americans. Change your point of view on this, or the, the, it's going to get worse. What do you mean it's going to get worse? How can it get worse for us? We're already yeah. up to our eyeballs in this garbage. Well, how it could get worse is they roll into a NATO country. That's how it could get worse, because then we have no choice but to respond. Well, we're gonna, uh, and again, we're going to be dragged into something that's not our fight. It's going to happen in Ukraine. And, you know, you talk about, oh, they're going to go in the Poland. He's not going to go in the Poland. He doesn't want to go in the Poland. He knows he can't handle that right now. That's not the goal. The goal was something else. Because if he really wanted to annihilate Ukraine, he would have annihilated Ukraine. He hasn't. He hasn't used every resource available because he didn't. So what is the real end goal for this? Did he want parts of it back? Maybe. Was he trying to stop other things that were going on? Maybe. Why was the Biden administration and the Obama administration so knee-deep in Ukraine? Why are we over there? Why did we set up all these labs over there? Why are we sending so much money over there? Why do all these senators' sons work over there? They get paid from over. what's going on in Ukraine that it's so important for the rest of the world to focus on or not focus on. What don't they want you to see? Uh, I could right. be wrong. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines protecting us. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, friend. Most of all, though, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night. Delgado's off, but I'll be here. Paul will be here. Slick Rick will be here. We'll see you tomorrow night. Live from Studio 6B.